Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Aria. And Mark. We brought to you the uh, shocking news yesterday that Dash's network had frozen after a failed update. Oh. Uh, They were trying to push in, I guess, some major changes to different node types on the Dash system. I'm not sure exactly what they're introducing. I haven't heard about that yet but uh of course dash is known because it has its master nodes in addition to the people that run full nodes on the network and the master nodes uh provide certain services and they get they get rewards for that so i guess this is something new that they were trying to add and it didn't go well uh in, in fact it split the the blockchain and the i guess there was like a uh, you know, blocks were not being mined for some number of hours yesterday. Wow, they, that's rough, man. It's the first I time they got it fixed. Yep, they, okay. that's that was what I was going to announce here today. Is that uh, over eighty percent as of earlier today? I haven't gotten an update in the, the last few hours, but earlier today, uh, more than eighty percent of the master nodes had updated their software to a newer newer version that fixes uh, the issues that were present. And blocks were uh, continuing to be mined late last night. So. Okay. Everything should be fine as far as if you were holding off. As I said yesterday on yesterday's show, if you're going to do Dash transaction, you might want to hold off. And so if you've been looking to do your transactions, you're safe to do that. And Mark, you made a great point on this last night. It's like, you know, banks have their websites go down all the time for uh, for maintenance for, in many cases, an entire weekend or whatever. So the fact that Dash went down for less than 24 hours once in nine years isn't too bad yeah i don't think it's that big of a deal i mean i mean plus it's generally a bad idea if you know there's a a major upgrade coming and if you're using this cryptocurrency you should stay aware of enough to be aware of those sorts of things Mm -hmm. to just not use that crypto on that particular day they're not all going to update on the same day so maybe that day use Bitcoin Cash or Litecoin or Monero or whatever else instead and then the next day when everything is resolved and back to normal Go back to using Dash. Well, most of the time, this stuff just works. And True. The, the fact that this didn't, it's just, it's a really unusual situation. So I'm glad to see that Dash is back at it. I mean, they, they obviously worked very hard to uh, rectify the situation. And of course, uh, from a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are really great for actually using cryptocurrency. They are irreversible. Uh, the network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. And there's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. You can send your Dash transactions for less than one cent per transaction. Like, most cases, way less than one cent per transaction. Last time we were looking at Bitcoin, it had gotten up to like 15 or $5 per transaction. Jesus it was crazy. Christ. It's, it's, it's quote-unquote down. Bitcoin's down to like a dollar or $2 per transaction. That's, but still that's still un- crazy. That's still unbelievable. Yeah, it is. You know, I recently had a. I went to a wedding over this weekend, and I ended up talking to the owner of uh, one of the pizza places. He owns like twelve pizza places. None mm-hmm. of them take Bitcoin, right? But he asked me if I was still into cryptocurrency. To which I responded, "Well, not kind for of. the last. I mean, yeah, I'm into <laughs> it, but like I can't use I'm it right now. I'm interested in it. I'm following it closely. So we started talking, and I was surprised by the gripes he has with the, he hates. The credit card processing system passionately like oh, yeah. he he railed against this thing for a solid 10 minutes and i assumed it was going to be because of the fees i would assume so too but that wasn't his main issue really? he 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 initially said that the fees weren't even a concern to him he didn't care about the fees but as he went on he did come back to well, the i mean fees the customer pays the fees so there's right. that the big issue with him were the chargebacks 
and how really? the yeah if you go to your credit card company and attempt to you know undo a transaction you will always get that transaction undone almost always so they're constantly losing money from a month ago or two months ago or whatever from customers from, trying to scam and say oh i didn't order that pizza or whatever yeah, or it was fraudulent you mm-hmm. know we don't know yeah but he the main reason he likes cryptocurrency is because it prevents that sort of thing from happening. There are no right. chargebacks in crypto. It's Once final. you send that payment, it's yeah. done. There's no way to undo it. And that appeals to him as mm. someone who sells a product and then has customers try to go back on it. I, I totally understand that. I would I would never have expected that to be the primary issue just because I wouldn't have expected that to be so common. Yeah, I, I don't know how common it is. That's a good question. I wonder you know, what percentage of credit card transactions get charged back. He didn't say a percentage, but he suggested it was pretty like it was it's enough to annoy him. It was common enough that it's affecting the business and the amount of profits the business makes. But you got to do it because you know there's probably a ton right. of people who want to pay with credit cards. Um, but he's interested in taking crypto. There's just a lot of red tape involved. In if only there was happen. somebody who was legally allowed to uh, show him how to use crypto, yeah, right? He he understand. He may not have ever actually used it, but he understands the concept that it's because he's used Cash App and similar things. He understands the concept of just scanning a QR code and hitting confirm. And that's all you got to do with cryptocurrency. That, so he understands how to how it works. Yeah. And, well, of course, in his case, he's got to have some sort of a point of sale system. Right. And That's where his issues come in. I know AnyPay is still a bit of a bumpy road right now. I know they're they're working on fixing some of the issues that they, that have been present in the last year, but still, uh, Bonnie can't pay with with her Edge wallet on AnyPay right now. So it's still. It's still from kind what of I've a mess. heard, like ever since, pretty much since the raid in 2021, AnyPay has been really bumpy. There was actually a the news that I started the show with last night, and we never even got to it. Nice. Uh, it's about the FBI getting caught, according to the New York Post, in yet more massive, outrageous FISA abuses. The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. These are the secret courts to get like secret warrants and stuff without going through the normal court system. If I recall correctly. And yeah. if I remember correctly, the magistrates grant these with like a 98% accuracy or something. Like They don't even care. It's just a rubber it's stamp a at rubber this stamp, point. Yeah. yeah, a magistrate is uh, you know secret code for cop asking like a judge. I, I would accept that. So, according to the story here, the magistrate in Ian's case um, allowed a, a lie about me to be spoken in open court, and um, you know, no one seems to care. Never saw hide nor hair of that magistrate again. Well, you saw how much they lied during the Ross Ulbricht trial. I, I would oh, yeah. not expect them lying about you hanging up or whatever to to ever make a dent. So according to the New York Post, the FBI I continues... just thought the court system was all about the truth, right? Like, I thought they cared oh, silly about the Mark. truth. <laughs> Why did you think that? Uh, <laughs> just, the... just just, saying. They, 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 they like to hang that word justice out in front of uh, their, their uh, buildings. The FBI continues to ravage the privacy of vast numbers of Americans, according to the New York Post. For each American, the, F- the FISA court permitted the FBI to target... The Bureau illicitly surveilled almost 1,000 additional Americans. Wow. So we were talking about how the FISA court is a rubber stamp. Well, the FBI said, yeah, 
too much work to have to go and ask for the rubber stamp. We're just going to go ahead and do whatever we want to do. Well, that's why they invented these massive spider butt nets and stuff that, you know, Edward Snowden revealed to us. Why, it's amazing. I don't know if it's good or bad that the government is so terrible at working with itself, but I would, I'm would i shocked that the NSA hasn't turned over its tools to the FBI and be like, hey, guys, well, use this. That's what I was going to ask you is, is that they, you know, the tools that Snowden revealed were NSA tools and probably CIA tools. I don't know what the CIA is doing right now besides being the, uh, the plot point in some old books. Um, but. But that's uh, exactly how this, they want it. Yeah, they're probably doing the yeah. same old stuff. I just uh, don't know. They probably just started a war in Ukraine. Right, killing people. Yeah, they just and... assassinated some leader. Who knows? Yeah, that's what they do. Um, but the uh, I'm curious about the FBI's relationship because they don't these these teams don't seem to get along at all. They don't seem to share. Yeah, it's very peculiar. The court's just revealed ruling signals the FBI presumed any Americans suspected of supporting the January 6, 2021 protests forfeited their constitutional rights. What, what do they mean by supporting, first of all? Because I tweeted out support for this thing. I mean, they were already watching me, but assuming they right, they, weren't. They already had all your emails. Well, I so. know that. But like, <laughs> right. that's, would that have justified if they didn't already have access? Would that have justified my, my single tweet? I don't know. I mean, yes. if they didn't come talk to you about it, then probably not. Well, okay. But uh, I, I, I doubt they went to talk to, you know, 1,000 of these Americans for everyone they got a warrant on. The I suspect of, the vast majority of these were just sort of surveilled yeah, digitally. I, I uh, haven't been following the January 6th thing closely, so I, I don't want to um, – I don't want to go out on a limb on that. But FISA, I'll bet you they, sur- they, they followed you closely regarding January 6th, just trying to tie you in as best they could. FISA was enacted in 1978 to curb the rampant illegal political spying exposed during the Nixon administration. After the 9-11 attacks, the George W. Bush administration decided the president was entitled to order the National Security Agency to vacuum up Americans and foreigners' emails and other data without a warrant. Federal judges disagreed, and the result was a 2008 FISA reform that authorized the feds to continue commandeering vast amounts of data. Yeah, I remember that. The the courts were like, no, you can't do this. And they're like, but now you can. (laughs) It was all very strange. But under Section 702 of that law, the FBI was permitted to conduct warrantless searches of that stash for Americans' data only to seek foreign intelligence information or evidence of crime. What's a good term for somebody who can disobey the law with impunity, with the expectation that they will not be held to account? What is what? I, I don't think there is a term for uh, that. Of government course. agent. Right. Well, yes, you're, yeah. you're exactly right. <laughs> but I mean, you're calling them thugs. And I, 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 the king, you know, I mean, like, they're, they're, they're kings, Mark, effectively. I mean, that, that's the term for them. The king's people, men. No, just the king in general. I mean, the king's men historically had to be accountable and they, they could not break the law. And the, the king, however, was above they did the a law. Braveheart. <laughs> OK, well, <laughs> generally speaking, not relying on Hollywood for our history here. The soldiers oh, such and, the, a good movie. and the knights and the lords, the, the lords were you, they sort of broke the law in their own territory. But generally speaking, only the king was really above the law. And that was because the king made the law. So if he did something, it was automatically legal, right? And that, that was just sort of how that functioned. But the people who enacted his orders had to obey his orders at some point because democracy mm. made everyone into a king or it made everyone in the government into a king, so to speak. They became a. Ava- freely able to break the law we like the fbi for an obvious example is that there 
widespread distribution of child pornography. We know they're doing this. It's a documented fact that the FBI, at least for a few years, was the largest distributor of child pornography on the planet. That is definitively, no question about it, breaking the law. And if, viol- if, if distributing child pornography is as bad as they make it out to me, and I, you know, I don't dispute their arguments, it sounds like it probably leads to some pretty negative stuff then the FBI is responsible for all of that negative stuff. There's probably a carve-out. Like, for instance, with uh, the wiretapping rules, the wiretapping statutes here in New Hampshire, there's an exemption. If you're a law enforcement officer, you can absolutely engage in wiretapping. And the definition of wiretapping in this case is to uh, monitor a conversation to which you are not a party. Right. Right. Uh, and of course, even in uh, in New Hampshire, it's even worse. Uh, the New Hampshire laws actually prohibit you to even record a conversation to which you are a party unless all the other parties are are aware of it. But the felony wiretapping, that it's misdemeanor wiretapping to record a conversation that you are a party to. It is a felony for you to record a conversation to which you are not a party, right? So like the classic example of a wiretap where you're just listening in on somebody else's conversation. For the police to do that, it's completely fine. They've got this a carve-out. So they may have a carve-out in federal law that says, well, our cops can distribute I'm child sure they do, but that, that doesn't make the situation any better. In fact, it makes it worse. And what, what is justice if in the pursuit of it, these people are allowed to do horrifically unjust Great things? Great question. Right. And I, I agree with you, uh, Ari. I also agree with you, Ian. It could, they, they could very well have their own rules for themselves mm-hmm. when it comes to the distribution of child pornography. I have no idea. But, um, you know, like what Aria says stands, which is that if the distribution itself of child pornography, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the creation of it, but if the distribution of it, mm-hmm is as bad as they say it is. And and just like Aria, I am not disputing that. I have never dis- distributed it, so I don't care. Um, but if it is that bad, they're doing that. They're victimizing those people all the time. When they yes. share the child pornography, when they use it as bait, when they do that stuff, they, in, from what I can tell, a th- a 99, 999 times out of 1,000, they lose the fish off the hook, which means that they've distributed the child pornography and got nothing out of the deal. Yeah, the reason I don't dispute is because I, I don't know. I suspect it's probably true that, you know, the market for child pornography causes people to produce more child pornography in order to make money. I sincerely doubt that it has much of an impact. Like the people making child pornography are doing it for their own sick purposes and they're just selling it after the fact, but like selling it. I suspect is not the primary point of the child pornography, just like sexual gratification isn't really the primary point of rape. It's more about overpowering a person. So I suspect the wires are a little bit crossed there. Most people aren't doing it for any sort of financial gain. However, that that argument certainly stands. I, I could totally understand it. I don't dispute it at all. And as you mentioned, it's sort of immaterial to me. My issue with the whole thing is that like, it's it, it's going to happen one way or the other, right? There, there are these sick people out there who are going to do this sort of thing. The FBI distributing the child pornography is not stopping it. It's not preventing it. It's it's straight up, literally facilitating it by their own arguments. The FBI distributing well, child pornography facilitates the creation of child pornography. Look, if the FBI had some kind of child pornography ring that which they went around. Do. 
finding people who are distributing child pornography and going and seeking those people out and putting an end to it all in whatever manner they do it. Frankly, if they sent assassination squads into foreign countries, it wouldn't bother me. But the idea that they're just out there distributing it, which they claim is a crime, and then they can do that crime with it, and that crime has a victim, and that people are victimized by that action, and then they do it. You know, and, and what like, the people they took and, to and, trial? And, and Aria, to be clear, the FBI has probably distributed, from what we can tell, distributed uh, child pornography every year for the last twenty years. It's some years they were the largest right. distributors. I'm convinced. Now, I have no proof to, to to back this up, but I am convinced that you and Arya's charges, Ian, you and Arya's charges, are largely based on the fact that Free Talk Live is the only news source, the only audio news source that I know of that is going to do stories like this, and no one cares. Like, no one cares, and nothing's going to happen, but... You have, uh, you know, FBI agents that find you to be their their favorite little culprit, and they listen. Well, it was revealed. And it was revealed. Yes, in, it was revealed. The whole thing that the that they raided the studio for quote suspicion of child pornography or whatever in 2016, and of course mm. they found nothing. And you know, seven years later, like we want to search it again, even though we found nothing the first time. So anyway, yep. they found nothing, but. They did make a note that it was that when they searched one of the computers, they became aware that the show Free Talk Live or some parties in there are interested in cryptocurrency. They did. Yeah, that's that true. was there. And that was what set them on this exact trail. So the, the charges against myself and Ian are direct extensions of the the false BS child pornography raid that took place in 2016 that was cooked up and that was retaliation for the fact that Free Talk Live broke the story that the FBI was the largest distributor of child porn on the planet. If that's not political we weaponization... We didn't break that story. We, 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 we read that break story. It. Yep. Right. But we sure pushed it. <laughs> we, right. we, we, pu- we pushed it like a broke vehicle up uphill. Right. When I yeah. say break, I mean, I don't mean yeah, that we created the story. I mean, that I just we, want to we make, were the make ones who pushed it out there. I appreciate where you're coming from. I just don't want to make anyone anyone to be confused about the terminology you're using. Okay. Fair so, enough. yeah, they've been uh, reportedly violating their own rules, and, of course, they're not going to be held accountable. The FBI also conducted secret searches of the emails and other data of 133 people arrested during the protests after the George Floyd killing. And the Bureau conducted 656 warrantless searches to see if it could find any derogatory information on people it planned to use as informants. The FBI also routinely conducted warrantless searches on, quote, individuals listed in police homicide reports, including victims, next of kin, witnesses, and suspects. Even the Justice Department complained that these searches were improper. And this is only the latest in a long series of FBI FISA scandals. No, no, that's a cop-out, man. I complain that they're they're improper. I have no power to do anything about it. The Justice Department does. They're not limited to just complaining. They can freaking do something. They could. They run the the prisons, and they're like, guys, stop breaking law, guys. They run the FBI. It's ridiculous. The Justice you know, Department runs the FBI. agents in prison, and then they'll stop breaking the law. That's the whole premise of law enforcement, right? And, like, these guys act like they don't understand how it works. No, the FBI are direct employees of the Justice Department, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, this is like, 
I, I'm an assistant manager at my job, right? If I have people there who are doing things, they're not supposed I literally have all of the authority necessary to bring them in line or fire them. Right. The Justice Department not doing that is a monumental failure of the Justice Department. That's it's the injustice the, department. That's part of the fun of being a government bureaucrat is you can break the law and get away with it. In April 2021, the FISA court reported the FBI conducted warrantless searches of the data trove for, quote, domestic terrorism, public corruption and bribery, health care fraud, and other targets, including people who notified the FBI of crimes and even repairmen entering FBI offices. Okay, you people out there reporting crimes to the FBI, stop that. They're the devil. Stop Stop trying to make deals with the devil. You're not going to win brownie points. Mm. They're not going to help you get out of a speeding ticket. They're evil. They're going to target you. Wow. You're probably one of these three million people they they searched without a warrant. Yeah. No, They're it, evil. It says right here, if you sought to report a crime to the FBI, an <laughs> FBI agent may have illegally surveilled your email. That's it. Okay. First of all, use ProtonMail. That way it's encrypted or Tutanota or one of these other encrypted email services. That way they they may have some back doors. I don't know. I'm not saying they don't. But the best you can do is to get off of Yahoo and, and Gmail yeah. and, yeah, and use something that's encrypted. Even if you merely volunteered for the FBI Citizens Academy program. I can program. hear Chris Wade going, no, just run yeah, your yeah. own email right. server. But like, dude, that's <laughs> not feasible. person can't do that. Uh, even if you merely volunteered for their Citizens Academy program, the FBI may have illegally tracked all of your online activity. The FISA court treats the FBI like New York City judges treat serial shoplifters. Now, Going- I, I'm confused on I'm- I'm confused on this. Uh, tracked online activity that's going to like watch your public Facebook posts and your tweets and stuff because I don't know. there's no way that's illegal. You're, you're posting that stuff publicly. I can follow you on Facebook and Twitter if I so want to do. Well, illegally surveilling your email is not just you know following somebody on, on Twitter. So we are told in school regularly to the point that it may very well be the truth, right, that the, we are the government. Remember the whole we the people thing? Yeah, it's garbage. And if we are the government, we own the land. And we we employ the people. We, we own as serfs all the people on the land. And therefore, tarring and feathering our own serfs that have chosen to work for us and have done a terrible job and broken the rules over and over again, I would say falls within the category of non-aggression. I know, but I'm not a statist, so I don't. I, I can't buy into that mindset and be They're not ideologically see it that way. consistent. Okay, if you if you go to DC and you try to take somebody and put them into a, a you know bin of tar or pour it on them or whatever without them uh, you know agreeing to it in advance, they're not going to see that as. But uh, what would be the consequences of that? I I, I almost probably would like to know. a long time in prison would be my guess. You know, given that they're giving people prison sentences for simply Despite touring the, through the, the there's hundreds house. of years of precedent. That this was socially acceptable. That this was a part of. This well, was endemic in tell the it checks to the and jury. balances. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what this Biggs guy says: "Quote: How much longer must we watch the FBI brazenly spy on Americans before we strip it of its unchecked authority? How do you do that? They're doing things that they're not allowed to do. So what do you do? Do you just simply say it louder to them?" Okay, we really mean it this time. You're not allowed. We caught you. 
tisk, again, tisk, tisk. Again, because we caught you in 2020 doing this, and you escalated it tenfold, and yeah. we caught you, I think they said in 2008 doing this, and you escalated again. So, yeah. yeah. You've been uh, a, very bad. A FBI. wag of the fingers, not doing it. Right, we're going to wag two fingers at you this time. I mean, what are they going to do? Just because they pass some stupid stuff on a piece of paper isn't going to stop people who are already willing to violate the quote-unquote law. Well, uh, they, those people aren't violating the quote-unquote law. Those people are doing their jobs. The people who are reporting from the Justice Department that this is happening. Those are the outliers. Those are the people that are like, oh, you know, hey, they're not supposed to be doing this. I don't know what I... They, they want this. This is the Justice Department mad at the Justice Department I mean, for doing what... what it's there for, right? The FBI is an anti-constitutional agency to start with. Shouldn't exist. That's true. I mean, we are faced with the exact set of circumstances that Thomas Paine wrote about in The Rights of Man, where it's not its not just one tyrant. It's easy to point at one tyrant like Trump or Obama or some king mm-hmm. or King Louis in his particular case and say, look, that's the tyrant. That's the, that's the bad guy. That's the one we yeah, got to get rid of. you can identify him. These are faceless bureaucrats. Yeah, but that's not the way it works. There are a thousand insolent tyrannies overseeing us from the fbi right. and you to can't the NSA, identify them they're to the secret local police to the sheriff and they're all shadowy they operate yeah. in the shadows like this system is fundamentally broken it's not going to get fixed the american no. experiment failed and the best thing we can do to fix all of it is to abolish the government and live in freedom yeah but these guys are just talking here's another one mike garcia from california declared we need a pound of flesh we need to know someone has been fired which of course is great, you know. That's I, I'm with him. I just don't believe that it matters. Yeah, and I think it's what they do is, you know, if they're going to fire somebody, they fire an administrator. They fire the the top guy. Oh, we'll clean this place up. We're going to fire this top guy and put another one of his underlings in his place. And then that, and then the whole idea is that that's going to somehow clean up the corruption. And it's absolutely. They should ridiculous. fire every every one of the FBI agents that have ever participated in this, top to bottom. Yeah. And then we'll see what happens to the agency. But you know, and I know, that they won't do that. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Major. Hey, guys. Yeah, I think all this FBI spying you're talking about, this all goes back to the Patriot Act, if I remember correctly. They they give these things such fun names, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, Mark, last night, I tell you what, you, you, you said you just quit drinking coffee? Oh, I haven't drank coffee in 20 years. Well, he drinks decaf. He drinks a lot of decaf. The way you and Bonnie were going at each other, it sounded like you had a double... She she is a double cappuccino for you. I was on air (laughs) for like 15 minutes. I think I got in five or six sentences. (laughs) There's an old running joke, but that's how it is on Free Talk Live. It sounds like it was a good episode. I mean, Ian mentioned that the show prep that they let off with, they never got into, and those are always the most... dynamic and lightning filled shows so yeah i, was, I hate i, I missed it to, i was waiting for him to get to the whole fbi thing myself last night but he never did yeah never did anyway i got one i got one out of connecticut they just passed a bill into law where uh let me see if i can re- recollect this correctly they're not going to discriminate against minor attracted people who's not now that sounds to me like fuzzy language for uh pedophilia is now legal when you say they aren't going to discriminate who's they the state of connecticut 
and what would that mean to discriminate against them? Like, you know, they're I not gonna... do not know. That's what I said. This is mm-hmm. very fuzzy language. You, gotcha. Maybe you ought to pull up the bill because I might not have the wording correct. This is just mm-hmm. something I remember hearing a couple of days ago. Okay. But yeah, I've heard out. this too, and it. I mean, I haven't looked into it. I, I honestly haven't. I mean. What to me it sounds like is there's a lot of news out there that's bait, right? It's just they dangle it out there and then the liberals will jump for it and the conservatives will jump for it. And like you can hear it and I just don't believe it. Um, And I, I don't believe I find it very difficult to believe that any legislative body would be so breathtakingly stupid as to pass anything intentionally. I, I certainly could believe that they could uh, pass something unintentionally, but well, intentionally that says we are not going to discriminate against minor attracted people. I I put up the result, uh, put up the search engine, right? And I what I got is from ConnecticutFamily.org, which is absolutely a Christian organization. So take I've it with a grain of salt. CatholicVote.org. Yeah. But it it does appear that it would it would expand the anti discrimination laws because you can't discriminate against people for their gender identity or their sexual orientation. It would expand that to people who are attracted to people who are under the age of 18. And I would argue, I realize this is going to upset people, that that's an unnecessary extension because discriminating against someone because they find 15-year-olds attractive is, by definition, discrimination against their sexual orientation and their sexual preferences. And it's already illegal. Yeah, this seems like a signaling uh, move. And and the major is correct that it has passed the House as of May 9th. It has not yet been heard by the Senate. So it is not yet necessarily a done deal. Um, It does not legalize pedophilia. It does not legalize dating anyone under the age of whatever their age of consent is there. All of that remains perfectly illegal. It just means... If you're in a, if you're working at a place and some 16-year-old or 15-year-old or whatever comes in you're like, "Man, she's hot." They can't fire you over it. Which well, I got to be honest, I work in a place where some of the ages of these people are questionable and I thought this one girl came in, she was like 25. She was 17. Oof. Now that's above the age of consent here in New Hampshire, but me me and a coworker like, "Oh man, well, she is hot." And then, <laughs> and then some one of our high school students who worked with us goes, "Yeah, she's a sophomore." I oh, went, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Retracted, withdrawn. She she's no longer hot. But she yeah, she was still hot. Well, but hot, being hot and being actionable are two entirely different things. And we can't pretend like they were. Like, if you if you see a hot 18-year-old, oh, no, it turns out she's she turns 18 in a week. Sud- suddenly, you're, you're a devil. You're a demon. Yeah, you're evil. It it's absolutely sense. insane. But that said, I mean, the libertarian perspective on this, Major pain is that you should be able to discriminate. That if you hear somebody saying something that you don't like, whether it's them at a job that you are the boss at or whether you're, uh, you know, you've got a house that you, you want to rent out and you just don't want a certain type of person in that house, you absolutely should be able to discriminate. Hey, Digest fans. I'm going to be taking a break from producing the Daily Digest from December 23rd to January 1st. I will be back in the new year to continue creating the Free Talk Live Daily Digest. Thank you to those who have supported me on Patreon and have sent me some cryptocurrency. Information on how to donate 
will be later on in this digest. And I would also add that if you're under the age of 18 and you're dating someone under the age of 18, you should be able to film private pornography with this person and have nude photographs of them without being charged with child pornography. Well, I don't I'm not going to say should be able to. I would like to see the government not involved. I think that it's worth pointing out that um, it is completely libertarian to say that the household, uh, the people who pay for the household get to set the rules. And so if you are living in someone's household and um, I, I don't not know paying if I the agree bills, with that. Like many 18-year-olds are. I'm just saying what libertarianism... No, um, you're, you're is, saying it, what you interpret libertarianism to say. But I do. Go ahead. I do. Absolutely. And, um, you know, while yeah, but nothing in libertarianism you are a free if person someone... if you are paying your bills, you are not a free person if you are not paying your bills. Yeah, that's arguing you... that 10-year-olds don't have rights, and I, I, cannot, I just can't get on board with that. I think that they have rights. I think those rights are limited. You think they're you think they have rights if the person paying their bills chooses to recognize their rights. And that that's a sentiment I just can't get on board with. Again. Well, I, uh, I I you know all I can say is is that you can't like if I'm giving you a free place to live, you're going to have to follow my rules. That seems reasonable to me. If they ha- if they don't if they have a choice to live under That's your the other problem. But, you know, the 10-year-old doesn't. They're born in, they didn't ask to be born, Mark. You created them against their will. And I realize a lot of people struggle with this concept, but not a single person who ever existed asked to be conceived and brought into this world. You, you may believe that personally, but there's no scientific evidence to prove that such a thing happened. So we have to operate under the assumption that you brought this person into the world against their will, without their consent, without asking their consent, because you can't ask their consent. And then you're oppressing them because they're too weak and too young and too immature to survive on their own. To me, Let's no, take your no premise, part of that I is I agree okay. with your premise. I'm granting your premise, and I agree with it. Now, I have created someone incompetent at zero, zero <laughs> years old, right? Yes. And we would agree that that person at some point can claim their own competency. Now, yes. I am of the opinion that the way one claims one's competency is moving out and paying rent. But they could potentially find some other place to live, right? Well, except say, the law stands in the way of your... them doing that as well. They, it so. does. I have never used the law to prevent the one person that I have created incompetent. So we can't, uh, like you, you, know, you I, said, I, you. I know. It doesn't matter whether you, you use, use the, the law. If your, son, not the f- if your son, who's 13, I think. He's 14 now. 15, 14, 15, were to move 15, out. First of all, no one, will hire, no one will hire him. He's not. He's not. What? No, very few I had a job are. at 12. In a lot yeah, of states, you can't, you get, can't get a job. And, and in, like here in New Hampshire, you're extremely limited in what you can do. We hire some people who are under the 18, and they're not allowed to do basic things like take pizzas out of the oven because that's, quote, operating heavy machinery. <laughs> Let's go to the phones here with Frank in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Aria, and Mark. Hey there. I uh, I wanted to go back a little bit to the conversation about the the parent and the child and uh, the rights of the child. And I find I, mi- I miss part of it, but I found myself agreeing with with Mark and, and what he had to say, which is if I'm supporting someone, uh, particular a minor, then I'm gonna have rules and uh, for that person to live with me. But I wanted to. I just want to make sure I understand Aria's position on this. Could you restate your position? I don't necessarily have a position. 
I, 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 t- I tend to think that relying on sort of hard and fast guidelines on these sorts of things is the wrong way to approach it and that each situation has to be judged individually on its own merits and it and under its own circumstances. That seems to be a pullback from what you said before, Arya. My understanding of what you said was that young people have rights and they should have the right to okay, for, emancipate yes. themselves if they want to. Yes, I, I would absolutely still agree with that, yes. Uh, I agree okay. that young people have the right to emancipate themselves. I would like to have a conversation with any of them that I know and love before they do such a foolish thing, but I believe they have that right. Indeed. What do you think, Frank? Well, I don't I don't think that there's such thing as rights, um, technically. Um, you know, it's a nice concept and a nice idea, but a right is only as good as what the other person will recognize, Um yeah, I have a right to, to not be murdered, but if I come up against somebody who wants to kill me, then what what good are the rights? Um, well, I get what I, you're I mean, saying. I mean, rights are just an idea. You're correct about that. They're a universal idea that is a good idea, and they should be respected universally. But, yes, there are psychopaths out there that don't care about your rights, and they are more than happy to uh, to violate them. Yeah, rights don't inherently reinforce themselves. However, they, they are meant solely to draw our boundaries and let people know where our boundaries are and what we deem acceptable and unacceptable. If, you, if everybody's going to weigh in on this, I'm going to go ahead and weigh in too. Uh, rights are a function of ownership. And I own myself, therefore I have rights to me. Uh, I, I own a car. Well, I don't actually own a car. I stole mine. But if I owned a car, <laughs> I'd have the right to get in and drive around, and someone else wouldn't have the right to get in and drive around. And that's why I say they're a function of ownership. It's easiest to understand that. Ownership can't be touched. It doesn't exist. But And if somebody decides to steal your car, what good is your ownership? Uh, well, I would agree that, that that's a great concept, and, and, and that would be nice if that was the case. But, it, you know, it's not the case. And uh, so, I, I mean, yeah, it, I, I, I want everybody to have rights, but they don't exist. So, I mean, it, it, you, you're walking in, the, in a forest and, and a lion coming at you, and you say, I have a right not to be bothered by you. And line yeah, humans are different, though, because we can come to an really. agreement. And You're also rights... trespassing of that lion's territory. Well, it has the right to claim that territory. Well, no, I mean, animals don't have rights in the same way I that we do, do because the, uh, rights are an agreement. You can you can argue what all you want, but the lion's still going to slash your guts out, and it's right. no more its territory than it is 15 other animals' territory as well. There may be some wolves on that particular uh, plot of land as well. And Who it has... chooses to allow them to remain. Or maybe the wolves are allowing it to remain. I don't know. But yeah. there's no uh, agreement between any of these things that we can identify, at least. Uh, we're not aware of them being able to communicate interspecies. And we certainly have our limited ability to communicate uh, interspecies with them. Rights are a human agreement that people have come to over time because it benefits us. We can see how the right to property for instance, they, I, that concept benefits us. There are some humans that claim they don't believe in property. We shouldn't be living with those people. They're called communists. Uh, but uh, you know, for those of us that, that understand the, the idea of property rights, we can see how it helps people to be able to own things and then to be able to build from the things that they own and benefit from or sell those things and you know make life better for uh, for all of us. So it, I, while I see what you're saying, Frank, that rights don't actually exist, they 
do exist in the idea form, in an idea that we should all be respecting of one another, don't you think? I, I, I think so to a certain degree, but then again, I mean, where's this contract that everybody signed? It's not a contract. It's just a. It's just in a. Uh, in a it's an unspoken agreement. If a being doesn't have rights, um, and I can't uh, come up with a being that doesn't have rights right now, but how about a pig? Okay. Um, a, I'm going to say a pig doesn't have rights. It can't recognize itself in the mirror. If you can't recognize yourself, I don't think you have rights. Okay. Um, that's just my my opinion. So the pig doesn't have rights. I have the right to kill it when I wish. Use it for meat. Things like that. See, I don't um, necessarily agree with that. I know you don't. I don't want to talk about you and your beliefs on okay. pigs' rights. Um, I think that that uh, you, you you make great points on it. I think I want to talk about the great point you were making as far as kids. Now, um, I, you were you were saying that if kids don't have rights, you can kill and eat them if that's what you want to do. Clearly, a taboo subject. Um, but my question would be this: Is can someone have partial rights? And when do they get rights? Do they get rights the moment of birth? Do people who have IQs below 50, I know they exist, do they have rights? I just don't know the answer to all these questions. I do agree kids have rights, and I think they have the right to be free from arbitrary beatings. But um, I think know, I would I agree with that... this concept of partial rights. I, I, I think that's probably a good place to start. But again, you know, that, that was why I said to Frank, I wouldn't attempt to delineate what rights I think children have versus what rights I think the parent has to restrict the child's access to things. Because obviously, like, you can't allow a, a three-year-old to run away and, and, and try to find their own place in the world, right? You, like, you, you literally can't allow that. It's a death sentence. So uh, so there is some point at which a parent has to make a decision that is f- for the best of the child while fully disregarding whatever the child wishes in that particular moment. I just I can't delineate exactly where those lines are and I don't think we should. I what you said reminded me of uh, one of the most terrifying experiences. I have bad dreams about this is one day we were uh, out in Westmoreland, New Hampshire. Um, every The whole family was out. I was doing things with my pigs and um, mom was doing things in the garden. And Jack disappeared down the driveway with our dog, Honey. Um, I saw them go just as they were turning down. That's a 440 foot long driveway headed towards Route 12, which is a relatively busy road. And this is a dream, right? No, this okay. was a reality. Sorry, I misunderstood that you said you had nightmares yeah. about But this. I have this as a, as a bad dream. I wake up, uh, you know, and uh, like what uh, could I have gotcha. happened? Jack wouldn't listen. And he was probably three years old, right? He wouldn't stop and turn around or anything like that. And, we, and I'd use circumstances like this on the air to uh, talk about how I would accept spanking under uh, the most extreme of circumstances. And... Um, you know, I got, I'm yelling and yelling and finally he gets down within, I don't want to exaggerate, 15 feet of the highway. The dog, um, kind of, you know, just gets in front of him and stops him from going any further. 
and um you know i get down there i pick him up i you know run him up the driveway i don't have any you know I'm, there's no there's no thought of beating this child over this i'm just like you cannot do that you know obviously i don't know whether he's um you know i don't know what he know, knows or doesn't know he never did it again but um you know he certainly spent a long time listening to me talk about how upset i was and it was just a terrifying experience and every parent right now knows they had a circumstance like this yeah a few weeks ago we had a caller call in who mentioned that the only time he ever spanked his child was when his child you know when they were playing in the front yard try getting into the street the ultimate counter that nikki brought up that i agree with entirely was that all of this could have been avoided if the child was four years old or something at the time if repeatedly as that child was growing up the parent had pointed out you know stress to the child not to play in the street so the adult ran out there and he grabbed the child and he spanked him and brought him back into the into the yard and he's like that was the only time it was ever okay but like no it it still could have all been avoided and i used the example of my dog who got off her run repeatedly and would never even leave the backyard and certainly would never run out into the street and it was because not because i communicated with her but she knew what i expected of her and what was and wasn't a good idea in the same way that four-year-old child could have understood if they had been told every single week for the last two years how one doesn't play in traffic. Like, just every time they get into their vehicle, like, never run out into the street, remember that? Then that, that could have easily prevented that four-year-old from trying to run out into the street. I don't know if it would have worked, right? But that, that didn't happen, so we'll never know. And there are, it seems like there would be ways to have prevented that scenario from even happening that could have mitigated the need for spanking. Why is there a statute of limitations on child rape? Surprising. Attorney General Quaim Rolls said at a news conference that investigators found that 451 Catholic clergy abused 1,997 children in Illinois between 1950 and 2019, though he acknowledged that the statute of limitations has expired in many cases Hmm. and that those abusers will never see justice in a legal sense. Well, I would say that in part it's because evidence can't be brought. So in many mm. cases, um, if new evidence can be, um, you know, introduced, then you can open something up again. But just the testimony of a thing that occurred. I mean, you know, people have strange memories. Memories of funny thing. Um, you know, something people remember. Everybody who's listening to me right now remembers something that never occurred. Now, hopefully it's not something as terrible as child rape, but somebody, they, they all remember something that never really happened. And yeah, it would be um, nice to have evidence in these cases rather than just the say so of somebody. Oh, my God. 50 years ago, pastor fill in the blank molested me. Oh, do you have any proof? No. Okay. Well, well this appears to the most of their evidence is like internal ch- church documents from what uh-huh. I can tell. So, hmm. yeah. But I mean, can we talk about what a Unitarian is real quick? Yeah. You said that Sarah's def- definition was not good. Well, um, she can she can make up she can use words and call those words whatever we want um, she wants. <laughs> I know Unitarians I mean, are an interfaith church, uh, but I don't know much else. About Unitarian that. Universalists um, are is a uh, is is a brand that sort of has taken its own tack. But Unitarian specifically has a meaning, which is that it is the opposing view to Trinitarian. So hmm. it believe it's the belief that God is one being. Okay. Not three beings at once. And um, I would claim to be a Unitarian 
versus a Trinitarian because Trinity, this whole Trinity thing is a bunch of rambling nonsense that was intended to kick out the Aryans 13, uh, excuse me, 1,700 uh, years ago. And, uh, you know, it just, it's, it's not even worth talking about. The average person having any argument about the Trinity versus the unity of God uh, doesn't have any idea what they're talking about. Because oh, it's I know. We've experimented with that on the show. We, uh, I invited people once to call in and please explain the Trinity to me. Uh, none, of the, none of them successfully did so. <laughs> now, I'll make this point, though, that um, the Muslims are probably the most successful Unitarians out yep, there. Yeah, that's true. This is, this is essentially what um, Muhammad was, all, was, was rambling on about over and over again. Because if you've it's read the, the Quran— the main point of the Quran. Yeah, the, the main point of the Quran is, is God is a single being, not three, not a triune being or whatever. Yeah, but, there is um, no God but Allah, and Muhammad as his prophet is like the fundamental saying in Islam. The other one is submit to God, right? It, it could be. Um, I also would like to point out that Allah, as a word, is also used by Christians who speak Aramaic. Hmm. Allah is just the word for God. Mm -hmm. And that's what Christians, Muslims, and Jews, who happen to speak that particular language, use when referring to God. Yeah, but it's incorrect. You know, that that's as you, a God is a type of being, a divine type of being. Uh, realistically, the, the God that they're referring to is either going to be called Yahweh or El or Adonai. Adonai is the one that I kept trying to remember over the last few weeks. Why not Allah? I mean, El Shaddai. El, El Shaddai was the rest of that. El, El was like the, I, I don't remember, it fractured from, it started off as El and then it became El Shaddai. And then, okay. and then Yahweh yeah, sort right. of married his mother with the whole Ashra thing. And but Ashra why not being, Allah? I mean, that is. Because been... that just means God. That's like saying, my God is God instead of my God is Zeus or my God is, you know, Vishnu. It, the God's name is not Allah. We got Chad still on the line here uh, with us. Chad, you were saying you're interested in the fact that RFK Jr. is going to be speaking at Porkfest. Are you just like interested in a sort of curiosity, like you can't believe it's happening, or interested in you like you're actually interested in uh, RFK and you want to hear what he has to say? What What is your interest exactly? Well, I think uh, I, I would like to question RFK Jr. on a number of things. I mean, his family is very interesting. It's a very old family. I don't know if you know this, but they trace their lineage back to the kingdom of Ormond directly. They're very into their uh, heritage, their genealogy. Hmm. And, I don't know uh, what that is. The, it's a king, it was a kingdom in Ireland. It was called Ormond. Ah, okay. You want to Google it sometime. They're, they're, uh, they go way back, but... Um, I, I don't think anyone RFK should be interested in this guy. And I mean, well, I wouldn't trust him as far as I could. Hell throw no. Him. He's a politician. I mean, I've got the pork fest schedule put up here in the description of it. It's, it's just absolutely disgusting. Let's hear it. The, for whom, if you haven't totally given up on DC ever reforming description, the cronies control DC and you can't do anything about it. Or can you? Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will speak to how the established interests incite fear over emergencies real, imagined, and manufactured, which they can then exploit to further their profits and power. The audacity to come to the Porcupine Freedom Festival and give a speech about fear while being so afraid of guns <laughs> that you're not allowing people into the pavilion. Libertarians should boycott this in the maximum. We should stand in his way and prevent him from entering well, the campground. You might be afraid of guns a little bit, too. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, it goes you know, on. I, I, I wouldn't agree with him necessarily doing that. But honestly, I mean, 
do you really have to be libertarian to come to pork fest? No, I no mean, but you, you don't. It, it, but you can't make people it, do unlibertarian things. You can't. Well, it's private property. You, I mean, it's a private function. So okay, well, let's I mean, let, let's stop at that real quick because it is private property in that it belongs to Den- to um, Roger uh, Rogers Campground. It belongs right. to Crosby. Crosby. Now, Dennis Pratt has been saying a lot that it's his pavilion. It's his. It's not. It's Free State Project's pavilion. He's been appointed to represent it and oversee his interests. Mm-hmm. But he seems to be going on a little bit of a power trip in regard to my pavilion, right? But th- yes, okay, so it's, it's Free State Project's pavilion for this particular festival or whatever. Mm-hmm. All of that's well and good, but all we're, we're not saying they can't do this thing, right? No one's saying, look, you're not allowed to do this. We're saying you shouldn't because it violates basic concepts sure. of libertarianism. It's offensive heard, to libertarians. And the FSB say that about other events as well, and it is what it is. No like, other event I, I has mean, said you can't bring guns to our event. It's not uh, – I mean, that doesn't interest me as much as I, – I find it interesting to try and, and question someone like that because – So are you going to um, go? Fine. Are you, you going to attend and disarm? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm coming, definitely. Yeah. To I'll attend this guy. private high-security event <laughs> – you will need to leave your gun behind and be screened. There you go. Come at 10 well, I'm for not the screening. Bring my gun anyway. I'm driving from pretty far and I don't want to cross state lines with it. I'm happy that RFK is coming and I don't think that it's unreasonable to when somebody's running for president um, that you know they're going to be surrounded by uh, secret service that people have to be unarmed inside of a pavilion. Um you know, if you don't like it, it don't is go. unreasonable because it's a libertarian event where guns are encouraged, guns are allowed, guns are welcomed, people are open carrying, they're they're exercising their right to bear arms, and this guy's coming in there trying to say, "Well, not at my speech, you won't," and he got away with it. Yeah, and, that's that's the real issue here, and that's that's an embarrassment. But but further, it's embarrassing. We'll see what the market me. says. We will. Well, uh, but but uh, it's embarrassing to me. To have the world's premier libertarian convention, basically, at this point. I mean, Anarchopolco, I think, used to have that title, but I, I believe uh, Porkfest took it from Anarchopolco because they kind of fell off the radar after COVID. They, they still exist, but uh, Porkfest has hit, I think, 3,000 attendees or at least close to it within the in the last year. They're Record shooting numbers for three, year after yeah, year. Yeah, they're shooting for 3,000 this year. They haven't sold out yet, so you can still get tickets. Uh, porkfest.com. I have not... Um, boycotting the event. I'm not telling people to boycott the event. I still think it's going to be a great event, but it's to me, it's a black eye to dedicate any main stage time to people like RFK, Vivek, and the rest of them. Tulsi, she's apparently going to be there. Awesome. And, uh, I can't wait to see Tulsi. I drove across the state in New Hampshire to see Tulsi. Is, Tulsi is going my to libertarian, require- am I embarrassing to you, Ian? Yes, yes, yeah, you are. Mark, you as are a matter perpetually of fact, you embarrassing heard, to us. You, you, you were such night. an embarrassment to Porkfest <laughs> that they kicked you out for several years. No, it so didn't have anything to do care. with that. That had to do oh, yeah, with uh, no. That that had to do with some volunteers that were. Is protesting. Tulsi Gabbard demanding a gun-free pavilion? Uh, as I understand it, no. Is it's Vivek? Only, it's only no, RFK. Tulsi will break down your AR for you right there on stage. But that's the only issue. Look, and when I say boycott this, I mean boycott the event. Don't boycott the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's great. Go have a great time. Just do something else. There's a ton, there's a ton of things period, to do. Right? Yeah. yeah, you don't have there's to go to the, of other the pavilion. To but I think it's sad because the pavilion should be the highlight of the event. The, these should be, you know, it should be filled with libertarian activists specifically from New Hampshire that are making a difference. So, Ian and Jody Underwood 
perfect example of two people who should and are, by the way, they are scheduled for the, the main stage. They should be up there. People that are actually out there, they for listeners that don't know, they were behind the the big controversy last year in Grafton or sorry, was it Grafton? No, it's I think it was Grafton. No, it's the town Croydon. that they live in, Croydon, uh, New Hampshire, where they managed to cut the school budget by fifty percent, and then the status rallied back and took it back and undid uh, the cuts. It was this big controversy. They've got a lot of things to say about that. It's an interesting yeah. uh, discussion that they should be able to have from the main stage. That's the kind of stuff that should be focused on. The people who are the the movers and the shakers here in New Hampshire. And by the way, I've said this for a long time. This isn't something new. Um, Like, it bugs me when somebody like Dave Smith, who is this libertarian comedian guy, he's got like a lot of, you know, he's got a lot of clout. There's a lot of people that that really really love this guy. And he's on Joe Rogan. And I'm not going to deny his success. And I understand why the Free State Project puts people like him on the main stage. But to me, it's embarrassing when the guaranteed, you know the question's going to get asked that when it comes to the Q&A, Dave, when are you moving to New Hampshire? And then he gives excuses for why he's never going to, you know, why he's not interested in moving to New Hampshire, why he's not going to move to New Hampshire. And it's just like, ah. You make really good it, points because, like, it, it suggests that we can't get local libertarians. And, like, I remember that poor college-age girl who went around and she had five questions she wanted to ask libertarians. Oh, yeah. You can't get libertarians to shut up, man. If you walk through the Rogers campground and you ask libertarians, hey, you want to give a speech at 2 o'clock? Almost every single one of them would go, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you could absolutely well, fill the main stage with, with libertarians who are it. in New Hampshire all day, every day. So I've listened the whole time to what you've got to say here, and I think you've got some interesting points. However, the main stage is the biggest venue at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it seems to me that the main stage ought to be reserved for the place where the most people are going to want to go. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.